everybody. Welcome to the uh, unofficial Decom podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm Tony. And uh, I, I like to start today's podcast off. So we watched Horse Sense, and in the theme of brotherhood and cowboys, I, w- I want to start off by saying the three rules of being a cowboy. It's be rooting, be tooting, but most of all, you got to be kind. And in last week's episode, I wasn't kind. I was told to read 11 movies, my list of movies, in my rankings, and something came, came above me, and I got angry. I got, I got real angry about having to read 11 movies. Um, the only reason I could think of why I got angry is because I can't count past 10, and Tony telling me to read 11 movies kind of hurt, but I just wanted to come out here and apologize. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. We haven't talked all week. I've cried multiple times this week, and I'm just ready to start anew. Me too, man. And what better way to start anew than talking about horse sense? A few, but I think this is the best way for us to start anew. (laughs) We're kind of being forced to start anew this way, but we'll pretend like it's the only way. (laughs) We're being held hostage. We have no choice but to record this podcast, so why not do it as friends? Yeah. We're in an undisclosed barn in the middle of nowhere. They're like, you gotta review Horse Sense, man. You gotta review it. We're, we've been waiting for this one. You gotta. We're last. We're lassoed up. They gave me a cowboy hat. That's not a joke. That's serious. Yeah, he's wearing a cowboy hat, and I think the only way to describe it is he looks like he's on his way to Fire Festival right now. I'm ready to get scammed, honestly. Did you see that uh, article? Or there's you know, an Instagram. Read. Yeah, there's an Instagram page. <laughs> That's the tweet said that this is gonna be the fire festival for college students. Oh, it was the <laughs> I did see this one. It was the college where they just like, okay, there's like two hundred people, it's corona season, you're all getting sent here. Yeah. It's survivor, but for college students and way less fun. It's like anyone going to that is already gonna they're gonna break the <laughs> protocol and you guys are done. <laughs> like <laughs> Also, it's a scam. 100% a scam. So we're going, is what you're saying. Obviously. It'll be great podcast um, bitage, I think that's the word. I think it'd be great podcast inch. Live, live podcast from the college, the college uh, corona battlefield. College festival. College festival 2020. College fire. Fire college. <laughs> ooh, ooh. You want to trademark that? Yeah, I'll cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> We're going to slide in on this deal. <laughs> like, this part of the podcast will never happen. Because we will actually be a part of it. Uh, do you have anything else before we start today? I have an announcement. Oh, you have an announcement. We're official, it sounds like. No. Um, <laughs> did you know that as of November 13th, 2020, they are going to be remaking... Under wraps. No, 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 wait. You, you can't drop this information to me right now. I'm not in the headspace to receive this information. What do you explain more, please? On November 13, 2020, that Disney announced that they will be remaking the first ever Disney Channel original movie, Under Wraps. Is this going to be a decom? Yes. Oh my God, we could review this. <laughs> there is a chance that we. Start and end this podcast with under wraps. <laughs> is the cast returning or are we getting like, there's not that information out right now. I'm jumping ahead. I don't think the cast is returning. There were a few names that I've never heard of attached to it. Um, But it, 
I'm excited. And it, it'll likely be released in time for Halloween 2021. We just got to keep plowing through podcasts. <laughs> we, we won't be done by the time this podcast, <laughs> that episode is out. Maybe we just do like a week where we upload one, uh, one a day. I mean, if people aren't giving us money to do this, I think that's just kind of uh, being held at gunpoint as we were talking about earlier, I feel. Yes, and I have to get but the but the key is for over Zoom, and you can't do anything about it. I will show up. I know where you live. I have brought you to my house once. <laughs> Your cat will let me in. <laughs> she would. She would. I feel like we're the only two people excited about this under wraps revamp thing. Yeah, and whoever's gonna make money off of it. Do you think they're gonna make money off of this? I'd assume one person is making money off of this. Who's that person? I don't know. Okay. I'm just, that's, that's the over-under. <laughs> I think I'm going to bet the under here. Go for it. Um, why don't we start this movie? We watched Horror Sense this week, which premiered November 20th, 1999 on, I was trying to think of like a cowboy TV network. I know they're around. I've passed them by. Uh, it premiered on Disney Channel. You know the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a movie. It was a good time. It was a movie, yeah. Um, it was a good time. I don't, I don't have much to say. <laughs> okay, then let's just actually get started this time. All right. So we open up the movie with one of our main characters, Tommy, whittling a whistle. As we learn that he is leaving his mother and the farm in Montana for four days. And he is going to, you guessed it, Beverly Hills to visit his cousin, Michael. We see Michael waking up in Beverly Hills. And then his mother reminds him that today he has to go pick up Tommy. But Michael says that he can't because he has a date with his new girlfriend, Gina. I, I guess we'll get into these three. three I, I have three here. I don't think I have oh. <laughs> three right now. Um, one, I just want to talk about Joey's room real quick. Oh, sorry. Joey Lawrence. I will call Joey Lawrence, <laughs> Joey Lawrence, and I will call Andrew Lawrence, Andrew. I will not get these names right at all throughout this movie. So we're, here for some, <laughs> we're here for some miscommunication on the pod today so michael's room has a double rack of weights but also has the weirdest alarm clock i've ever seen my thing is i love how disney has decided that okay if you're either a from the future or b rich you have a fancy alarm clock that is the most defining feature of any future or rich person's bedroom well like the practicality of a of an alarm clock that is a screen of a woman's lips and it's her saying, wake up, it's 12.15, over and over again, is seems like an expensive alarm clock to make, first off. Two, it seems creepy. It's weird. Um, like, th- theoretically, she'd have to record at least 720 different recordings. You counted, like, actual times? I didn't count, I multiplied. <laughs> 60 times 12. Yeah. 60 times 12. Beats me, man. 720, I just said it. We're not an educational podcast. I'm just saying that's so many things for this alarm clock to <laughs> work that you would think someone would have given up. I mean, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's basically an iPad, but we really just haven't moved past regular alarm clocks today. They've just become digital. It's not even a woman's like face. It's just her lips. It's really bizarre. I don't want to wake up to that. It's no. Um. All right. So let's. Talking about these actors here real quick. Do your thing. First off, we got, well, we should introduce these two together. We got Joey Lawrence and Andrew Lawrence, two-thirds of the Lawrence brothers. I didn't know they were brothers this entire movie. Mm -hmm. I looked it up at the end. All three brothers are in this movie. I did 
I Wikipedia at the end. I wanted to find my my one little sneaky reference, uh, but I didn't. But I did find out who the third brother plays. Right. So Joey Lawrence, Joey Lawrence is definitely, he's the biggest of the three brothers. He was on Blossom as a teenager. So he was kind of in that like teenage heartthrob. Um, he had a, he had a later sitcom on like ABC Family with Melissa Joan Hart. That was on a lot. Not in my house, but I just know <laughs> that one was on a lot. Because when I would watch Pretty Little Liars, which was on on my house, I would see the commercials for it. And then we were all three on a show called Brotherly Love Together. And we'll see him again in Jumping Ship. Andrew Lawrence, who plays Tommy, we're going to see three more times in The Other Me, Going to the Mat, and Jumping Ship. Oh, another brother movie. And he also played T.J. Detweiler on Recess. I hate you. I'm sorry, man. You're not surprised. We're on episode 12 here. Nobody should be surprised that I... I know Recess. I've heard of it. Didn't see it. Sorry. Uh, And... Jules Biggs, Andrew Lawrence's Andrew Lawrence's mom in this movie is played by Susan Walters, and she is also going to be back for the, the brother one, Jumping Ship, Jumping Brothers, <laughs> and she's uh, she's done a lot of things. The main thing I recognized her from was uh, the Flash, but yeah, that's so that's the three of them so far. Um, also, uh, Arlene who is making Michael his uh, breakfast smoothie. His breakfast smoothie. I think I drink the same thing every day, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll, she, we'll see her again in Miracle in Wayne 2. I liked it, so that's cool. Um, the third brother, Ian mentioned this, uh, his, his role in this movie is Cowboy in Airport. Yeah, because we haven't seen him yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I got excited. <laughs> I, we were talking about the brothers. Well, Anyway, they're in a band called Still Three. There's still three of them. That's all I know about them. Uh, Matthew Lawrence is going to play Unlisted Cowboy at the airport. He <laughs> is also going to be in Jumping Ship. Brothers. He might have the more noticeable, the more notable roles. Like, he's the son in Mrs. Doubtfire, but he's also Sean's brother in Boy Meets World. So, he's also more recognizable face. Definitely than Andrew. Yeah, Andrew is more of a director now, I've, heard, I've seen via his Wikipedia page, where we get most of our sources on this podcast. Money heist. <laughs> um, so after Michael's like, uh, I can't go pick up Tommy. I got to hang with my girlfriend, Gina. His mom's like, yo, Tommy's dad has died recently. You got you to gotta, like treat him nicely. So Michael's like, fine, uh, I'll do it. And But first, he has to go to his college class because he's in college. And he's talking to Gina in this class about a trip to a Riviera and other rich people stuff, and they get their test grades back. Michael gets a D for delightful reading, as he puts it. And then after class, Gina gives Michael a watch for their two-week anniversary. Uh, but the two clock weeks. on the two, two weeks. weeks. That's 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 pretty impressive. I'll give him that. Him and him and knockoff Sarah Michelle Geller have been going <laughs> out for two weeks, and it's gonna be like the fulcrum of this entire movie is the need for this two-week relationship to persist as long as possible between knock- going- <laughs> between knockoff Sarah Michelle Geller and Julio from The Simpsons. Can you please going- look at the link that I sent you? Is this the time? Is this the time? Let's yes. see. <laughs> he he looks like me. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Throughout this whole movie. He is dressed and built like the like the stereotyped 
uh, gay character in The Simpsons, um, Julio. And it throws me off a lot throughout this movie. That seems like a really specific problem. Man. It is. It is. And and the thing <laughs> is, I wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh man, who's he reminding me of? In this scene, I was like, he looks like this, this character from The Simpsons. Yeah, usually I mean like, it's a thing of me not knowing characters, but this one, that's really out there, man. No, this, this is, is so problem. out there. But... I'm gonna say it anyway. No, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned it. This is gonna be a wild podcast. <laughs> oh boy! Yippee guy! Um, yeehaw! Um, the clock on the watch, though. The issue is, it shows that Michael is now 30 minutes late to pick up Tommy because apparently nobody scheduled this out. Because even if the 30 minutes ago happened and Michael still had to pick Tommy up, Michael would still be in class at this point. Yeah, it just seems like he had, like, yeah, it, it really seems like this This one's not on him. He's going to suck a lot in this movie, but this doesn't feel like it's on him. Yeah, this one seems like a just a communication issue with everybody. Uh, also, I wanted to bring up, uh, we're talking about tropes and decoms. It took three and a half minutes for a dead parent reference in this movie. Um, Go to reference. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, it's it's just, a, oh, Tommy's dad's dead. That's why you got to turn nicely. And the funny thing about this is, if you see the next horse movie that pops up after this movie on Disney+, Plus, in the description for it, it has a dead dad as well. Hilarious. I, w- I wouldn't call it hilarious. <laughs> I'd call it a funny cliche. <laughs> Different things. Wild episode, man. Um, so after he sees the clock, Michael then picks Tommy up at the airport, but every time Tommy tries to give Mike... Oh, oh so the whistle comes back from earlier, and because Michael wants to... Nope, got the names wrong. Uh, with the whistle that Tommy was whittling earlier, Tommy wants to give it to Michael as a gift because of a previous family reunion kind of thing that happened. Right. We should we should establish the uh, origin story of the stick. Um, whistle. <laughs> Snick. Whistle. Mm. Fine. Fine. Arts and crafts. <laughs> um, Michael and Tommy hung out at a family reunion. Tommy had a whistle stick, and Michael said it was cool. So Tommy said, I'm going to remake him one four years later. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. I'm having so much trouble with their names. Yeah, you you, you saying that you're going to have trouble with them put me in a bad headspace for the rest of this. Well, here's the thing. Their names should be swapped. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Tommy should be the older one. Michael should be the younger one. But it's not. We're not going to confuse anybody no. more than we're confused. So no. let's, let's keep going. Um... But every time Tommy tries to give Michael this whistle here, Gina keeps calling. She's being annoying, you know. That's the thing. So Michael can't give. Or, nope, I did again. Tommy can't give the whistle to Michael. Um, why doesn't Tommy wait till after Michael's done driving here to give him the whistle? He needs to give him this whistle. And it's like, he's driving. He Like, even if he wasn't distracted on his own, you shouldn't yeah. just distract. <laughs> but like, hold off. Distracted driving is an epidemic and we cannot have whistles causing more accidents out here <laughs> did you notice this girl in line skating uh, of course i did i i just i guess i assumed she would come up in the story yeah because uh tommy does a little like wave to her like a little head nod kind of thing it was such a weird like freeze frame of like oh look at this girl that just waved to tommy it's weird that it's weird if she doesn't show up again spoiler alert 
He's not going to show up again. No. Uh, but you did bring up inline skating. I'm like, oh, sweet. Another Brink reference. I wanna, I'm going to jump ahead a couple minutes to this movie. Why? <laughs> They're in the... Wait, what? What? Why are we jumping ahead like 20 minutes in the because, movie? <laughs> fine, fine. I'll wait. I'm, cause I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I, I'll hustle so we can get to that moment. Um, so the Gina whistle thing happens in the car. We get to Michael's house here. We get a little Disney. They're at dinner. We get a little Disneyland advertisement. Uh, and we learn that Michael's parents have to go to Palm Springs. Of course, so hijinks can ensue, ensue at the house. Um, Tommy and Michael then go into the movie room after dinner. Oh, wait. We're already here. Wait. We get... What? All right. So now that we're already here, um, Ethan, do you recognize the father? Uh, no. No, I don't. Oh, man. Why? Who is it? It's Robin Thomas, other no, also known as Calabar. Really? Yes. Cal- Halloween Town. There we go. Hall- it took me a oh, man. <laughs> Congratulations. It, it took me some time. I, I have a Halloween Town bias, I feel. Yeah? Is yeah. it anti or pro? It's anti for the reason of being overhyped, but we'll talk about that at some other point. Yeah. Um, but also, Calabar makes his return. Not his this revenge, Cal- <laughs> but his return. Nice. nice. Uh, so after this dinner with the parents, Tommy and Michael go into this movie room in the house. And I said Brink earlier. Michael turns on a movie here. It's Brink. It's Brink on in a mo- decom. That's not Brink. I'm so excited. Andrew has a really big full cut. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's very it's very nineties. It's very nineties. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess Brink is on the TV. Which Screw is you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, no. Uh, yeah, Brink's on the TV for some reason. My main problem with this scene was just why are this the seats in this room are not facing the TV? They're not. No. You do bring that up later when we see uh Tommy watching movies. He's not sitting in any chair. He's just kind of like on his knees, leaning like on an ottoman of some sort. <laughs> so None I guess you do chairs. have a point. Yeah, and there's like. A bunch of like candy and popcorn everywhere, and a bunch of VHS tapes, which, which Michael says they only have. They have all these VHS tapes because their dad knows someone in the business, which is hilarious. Do they like? They're just VHS tapes. They're not hard to get. <laughs> just buy them normally. You're rich. Uh, but in the rest of the scene, so the big overarching theme that is that Tommy wants to hang out with Michael a lot because of their friendship, really, at the reunion. But Michael here tells Tommy that he has to go give Gina her gift. Oh, uh, they stop at a jewelry store on the way from the airport to pick up a gift for the two-week anniversary. So Michael's like, I got to go to Gina's place. And Tommy's like, okay, whatever. I guess you can go. I'll see you later. Yeah, um, it's going to definitely come up a lot. You know, um, Tommy wants to hang out with Michael. Michael is busy. Did I get the names right? Yeah, you did. You did. Nice. <laughs> Michael's just a poopy head here, basically. Oh, big time poopy head. Yeah, he'll redeem himself later, spoiler alert, but most of the movie, or I'm going to say at least half of the movie, big poopy head energy. Big poopy head energy. Uh, so we go the next day at breakfast, and Michael, oh, Tommy's in the kitchen, Michael comes in, and he says he has to go out again to do some stuff without Tommy. Tommy tries to, like, come along, but... Michael's like, no, you'll have more fun at the house. Um, but they'll do, he says that they'll do anything Tommy wants when he gets back. Um, we get another smoothie made for Michael. He takes, he picks it up, 
does not drink any of it and puts it back down and then says chow and leaves. Amazing, I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, after that, <laughs> after that, we then get a montage of Tommy doing what people with money do around the mansion, uh, watching movies, playing tennis. And we also see Michael ignoring him some more here and that Tommy is now spending t- more time with are we going to call Arlene a maid? She kind she kind of seems like a maid. One more is a housekeeper and a maid the same thing? Probably not, but it's it's that thing. If they're not, I'm going to say housekeeper feels I think yeah. She kind of cuz like she she feels like she's just kind of like doing everything in there instead yeah. of just necessarily like cleaning. Yeah, no, you have a more. I think housekeeper's the better thing. Mm-hmm. But Tommy now is spending more time with the housekeeper than he is uh michael yeah i get that he's like i get that he wants to hang out with michael but also seems like he's having a fine time personally i mean he's just hanging out with the room that has a bunch of candy and movies yeah he gets a little bit bored of it by the end but i'm like really if you take a kid from montana throw him in that mansion he'll probably have a good time for like four days right the, his only problem was, was his expectations yeah which is understandable but still you yeah, know squash expectations early <laughs> Um, he also makes a perfectly cooked steak for Arlene here for breakfast. Didn't know he was a chef. Well, it's how his mom makes it, so he knows how to make it, you know. Everybody knows how to make steak. (laughs) Just like I knew how my mom made eggs at 11, so that's how (laughs) I make my eggs by the time I was 11. Man, he's just like me. Um, So cool. (laughs) So this prompts Arlene to bring up to Michael that uh, Tommy is actually leaving tomorrow. So Michael tells Tommy that they're going to go to Disneyland because that's what uh, the main thing that Tommy wanted to do. So they get in the car. Gina calls again and convinces Michael to come over for just two minutes so they can hang out. So Michael drops Tommy off at Kitty Town, uh, which is a, I'm going to call a play place for babies. It was Kitty Zone. Kitty Zone? Yeah. Kitty Town, Kitty Zone, same thing. Can we talk about, um, you, did you see Michael's, Michael's suit? I did not. It is just not even close to fitting him. Like, no one tailored this suit. Isn't everything oversized in the 90s? You saw, like, the 2000s NBA drafts with the suits that, like, basically engulfed draft prospects. <laughs> this is this is bad. Uh, it might be that <laughs> level. Um, right, well, the kitty zone thing is weird because um, I'd like to remind everyone that Michael and Gina's relationship is slowly approaching the three-week mark. Well, I, we do joke about this, but I think one of the other things is he's also trying to use Gina a little bit because her dad is a big Hollywood guy, so maybe he's trying to, like, slide in a little bit there. Right. Yeah, that seems like a big reason, but it's also so weird how... Why couldn't they have extended this relationship to, like, make it at least start at a month? Something a little more substantial. Yeah, you're right. Right, because... At no point does any time the relationship get brought up feel like it has any meaning because <laughs> there I mean, is it's none. a month. Like, it's three weeks. She gets him a, a watch for their two-week anniversary of the day before. It's not even a full two weeks. <laughs> They're going for the relationship speed run. <laughs> Good for them, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I take a watch for in two weeks. I'm not complaining. I don't think he's complaining. I think, you know. He's having fun. Once he had to buy something else for her. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Michael drops Tommy off at Kitty Zone, and then we see Michael and Gina. They're at a uh, horse racetrack, 
He should have just dropped him off at Disneyland. That would have been cool. That feels like the smarter bet. Yeah, I mean, also, you could take the kid to the horse track because it gives you a little more points with the father and the lady. That sounded weird. It get- I don't know the logistics of that. Can kids under 18 go to a horse track? I feel like I've seen movies where they do. I don't, I don't know. He's white. He'll be fine. <laughs> I would have just dropped him off at Disneyland. Yeah, because then Tommy's like, oh, I had my day at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, top of the list, don't abandon him. Second tier, <laughs> drop him off at Disneyland. Priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at, oh, I was just gonna say, look, dude, there are finally horses. <laughs> we got it's the title. It's that thing where they say the title because there are horses, and in the say in the scene, um, we see like uh, Michael picking horses for the dad to choose, and he keeps on winning, and Michael is asked like, how do you keep doing this? And he goes. It's a vibe thing, sir. So that's the sense part, of course. <laughs> so combined, we have the title of the movie in this scene. Well, there you go. Finally makes sense. <laughs> we did it, America. Um, so after he impresses the father with the picking of the horses and everything, he looks at his watch. He's like, uh, I got to leave. I've basically ditched this kid. So he rushes out of the track. He gets into a car accident, backing out of his spot. But he tells the lady he hit that he has a family emergency. So he goes and leads back. I, it's Kitty Town. I wrote Kitty Town twice. I saw it's it. Kitty I looked Zone. Back. It's Kitty I, Zone. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna double check it after this podcast. But I'm, I, I know I'm right. I'm right. Um, <laughs> I'll edit in if I'm right. Okay. Voice over. I was right. So he arrives back at Kitty Town. Michael runs through the entire play place to try to find Tommy. But the thing is that Tommy called Arlene to pick him up at the Kitty Place. Um, so Michael runs back home and Tommy is now angry at Michael for ditching him, especially since he had to leave his mom at the ranch. So he storms out of the room and leaves the pack. Uh, my favorite thing about this is Michael, after getting into an accident, he's like, I'm going to give you this information to the lady he hit. And he takes two seconds to write down his insurance information and his license number for memory. Well, not very well. He doesn't do it well, but he, he still says later that he like, he knew did it from memory. That's the thing. I guess it's a plot point later. You're right. Right, because he doesn't do it from memory. <laughs> Whatever. I'm. We're nitpicking here. Isn't that the point? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Just pretend like I never said that. Uh, the next day, Tommy packs the whistle up as he is being brought to the airport by Michael's dad, who they've returned from the trip already. Uh, so with Tommy gone, Michael's having dinner with his parents. And since the parents got a call from Aunt Jules, who is Tommy's mother, and Tommy told Aunt Jules what happened, so Aunt Jules called the parents, they confront Michael here. And during this conversation, police arrive at the door of Michael's house. Uh, We learned that the thing I was nitpicking earlier, he gave the lady false information, uh, but his parents are angry because at dinner he said it was a hit and run. So he lied. (laughs) You're jumping the gun a lot. Am I? Feels like it. But also, what 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 time is it like what's the timeline in this movie that Michael can come visit Tommy for a week? Sorry, swap it. Tommy can come visit Michael for a week. Four days. Four days? That's what he said. That's what Tommy said before he left. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> uh and then immediately thereafter, Tommy can do Michael can go down. <laughs> to montana for a month is it summer uh, i mean we're both 
East Coast people and seasons, I feel like, are more prominent. They're on the West Coast. They're in Beverly Hills. They're in Montana. It's always warm. I'm mostly talking about, like, the school of it all. Oh, um, you bring up a good point. Because I thought... I thought the teacher says, like, some of you are too busy thinking about spring break right now. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, a final essay that Michael had to do in class because they're like, you, you need to start improving now, the teacher said. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you bring up points. I don't know. I'll call it June and school go off. <laughs> school doesn't matter to rich people, and school doesn't matter to people Farmers. who are working on a ranch for, I'm going to say, 15 hours a day. Yeah. Why does he's dropping out as soon as he's legally allowed to? I mean, what, yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Um. So to remedy the situation, Michael tries to take money out of his trust fund to fix the car, fix everything else. But his dad and kind of his mother here decides to punish him by sending him to Montana for a month to help out on the ranch for free. Um. I understand the punishment here. It makes sense. Shouldn't they be asking? Tommy's mom first before saying like, hey, you're going to go down to Montana for a month? I had a feeling that the punishment was brewing before. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they talked about it instead of just, hey, you're going to Montana and Jules, you got to be fine with this. It's happening. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so Michael flies out to Montana which in what looks like a private plane. Is that something that just happens in Montana? It doesn't even look like a private plane. It looks like a like, it looks like it was like, oh, this is the only flight to Montana. You know, <laughs> one of the 50 states. Yeah, but the thing, the thing is, on top of that, is he's getting the plane from, like, I'm going to guess LAX. Mm-hmm. That plane's not flying to you. It's like a little, the, like, passenger plane, is that what they call it? It looks like a passenger plane, and really, a commercial airliner <laughs> shouldn't be going from California to Montana. Yeah, they're not letting you fly that little plane. I'm glad you also had this issue, because this is a note I have, and I'm like, it <laughs> doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, but we're in decom land, so we had to chug along. Um, so Michael arrives in fancy cowboy gear, out of place, of course. He's picked up by Aunt Jules and Tommy, but they have to make a stop first. You didn't bring, so, up, the, you didn't bring up the cowboy. Was that the guy? Yes, that's the brother. I, t- I told you they weren't, I didn't know they were brothers until the end of the movie. Yeah. So, so this meant nothing to me at the part. Right. So Michael gets out of the plane and has a really weird interaction with a fellow cowboy, which is made even weirder that the cowboy is played by his brother. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Like he like, it was like checks him out. Well, it's because he's wearing the gaudy right. uh, cowboy outfit. Yeah. It's just weird. It's it's like a, I don't know, it's a weird scene to put in, especially between brothers. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that, oh, you're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, Step up your game kind of thing. Matthew Lawrence is here. Have no fear. We'll see him again. Thank goodness. I probably won't know what he looks like, so I'll be surprised. (laughs) Uh, So they make a stop first. Aunt Jules goes inside this building. Tommy's giving Michael the silent treatment here, and then Aunt Jules comes back out. But this time, she's holding a big folder of papers. She's looking kind of worried, but nothing comes of this at the moment. Comes in the play later, of course. We then go to the ranch, where Michael is introduced to Mule and Twister, who both work on the farm. And here they make fun of his Italian leather boots. Uh, Do they moo with an accent? I thought that was kind of funny. That was good. Yeah. Um, Oh, wait. I I had something I got to bring up here. Yeah, do it. Um, So... Michael and Tommy are hanging out in the truck, and they're both drinking from a cup 
Do you know what name is on the cup? No. Dairy Freeze. What's Dairy Freeze from? Under wraps. Why is everything today full circle, baby? Everything in life is related to under wraps. And I'm glad to be a part of that society. (laughs) I can't believe you noticed that. There was no close up on the cup (laughs) or anything. I feel like I'm usually those one, the one to pick out those like tiny details that like don't really matter, but you got me here. Shut up, here for. Michael is then brought to his room in the house where we learn he is bunking with Tommy. Uh, is Tommy? Tommy's what? an only child. Right? Why does Tommy have bunk beds? That was my question. Okay, cool. Also, why does Tom, why does Tommy still have the photo of Michael? He's Doesn't learned he? that Michael sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, because Tommy's uh, Michael's gonna sit down on the bed and like pick up the picture of him and Tommy from the reunion. I just assumed it was uh, Tommy's dad. No. We do see that later. see that one later. Um, also, before we get too far, uh, I'm gonna talk about Twister real quick. Hell yeah. Because Twister is played by MC Gamey, and we will see him again in probably what is at least two years. <laughs> Entangled before ever after. More so we'll hear him again. Wait, you mean like the princess movie Tangled? Before but like ever the series. After. Forever After. It's a decom. Did you say that was like in two years? Well, it's like one of the very late ones. I thought you meant after this movie. No. <laughs> like physically two years for us. Oh, like in real time, not decom time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> very big difference. Unless we do that week of podcasts, like previously advertised. We're not doing that. Yeah, we Don't are. get your hopes up. Don't get, get your hopes up. Get them up. Come on. We talk a lot. I don't think we can talk that much. Well, yeah, we can. We talk that much anyway. We do. We do. Okay. We'll, we'll think about it. We'll do it. <laughs> um, oh, we also have another dog in the decom. Unimportant here, too. What uh, is Max, Max doing? He's making some weird noises in this <laughs> <laughs> The first time we meet him, he's just kind of like sitting at the wheel of the truck, just going, ugh. <laughs> and it, and it kind of, honestly, it kind of looks like he's constipated a little bit. <laughs> And I think that's all he does in this movie. Um, so he's brought to the Michael's brought to the room. We learn he's bunging with Tommy. He then calls Gina up, and she's like, "I don't really care about what you're doing. I just hope you're able to make the Riviera trip." Well, she was like, "You should come to Aspen like tomorrow." Was it? I thought it was just all part of that one big Riviera trip. I thought there was like separate trips like there's a riviera trip and then there was aspen well it seems like a whole month vacation so i feel like they're hidden wherever they feel like rich people so you know you know we know know. no (laughs) i'm I'm a rune tune cowboy you know that (laughs) um so after that call tommy is up in a tree his treehouse actually and he scares michael here he's like i'm gonna show you how to use the tv satellite i guess i don't know they don't really do that no he shows them how to turn on a TV, really. That's all. Right. He also kind of introduces this, like, one piece of furniture that's going to come up later. Yeah, I didn't mention it here, but you're right. It, yeah. It kind of plays an important role. It's not important. It shows up. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's just another sentimental thing between the family and the dad. So yeah. just to build up that relationship. Yeah. Um, so Tommy shows Michael how to use a TV, apparently. And but Tommy's like, uh, I'm going to sleep. And Michael's like, it's still light out. But Tommy's like, I'm tired. I'm going to the bed. Uh, and Michael stays up 
to watch some TV, but that's a mistake because Tommy the next day wakes him up at 4.30 in the morning with a triangle right to the side of the head, basically. And Michaels has to get up. You know the vibe. It doesn't sound like that. It doesn't sound like he's in a triangle at that first go around. Doesn't. Uh, that's the thing that I noticed in this movie. The sinking is really off. I actually did notice this one point later in the movie where I think Michael just slaps like some wooden poles, but there's really no sound that comes out. <laughs> or it's like slightly after where you don't really notice it. Yeah. I, mean, it... I was surprised to hear you say something about it. Right. Well, I'm a famous lip reader. <laughs> and I can't read lips one bit. Uh, but I am a percussion expert. And by percussion expert, I mean I played for... Uh, a couple years in middle school, and I was relegated to uh, instruments like triangles and tambourines. Just want to say that triangle ringing next to your head would really, really hurt. That's all. I speak yeah. from experience. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your. Out. Thank you for your percussion expertise. It, all, all in all, it do be hurting. <laughs> we're talking. Um, um, are we talking movie wise or life wise right now? A little bit of both, you know. Understandable. And and isn't that just life? No, no, suck it up. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they wake up, we go to breakfast, and Michael is weirded out by this, by a normal breakfast. It's eggs. He questions the color of the eggs that just, I think, have yolk in them. And right. he brings up turkey bacon. They don't have turkey bacon, of course. It's a farm. But farm I didn't fresh, understand the eggs comment. Farm fresh eggs are pretty good if you ever I, had them. Well, like, have you ever seen brown eggs? I've seen brown eggs, but, like, from the supermarket. And you know that brown eggs are the real color of eggs? I think so. <laughs> what do you mean you think so? <laughs> I'm trying to not sound as stupid. So, I, that's just, like, the point of it, is, like... Yeah, but the eggs cooked look the same. No, they don't. No? no. Well, the eggs on the table look the same. I think... I don't think there's ever a solid shot of the eggs. They don't look, like, significantly different, but they don't look. Like, no, if there you is, put there's cook, a shot of them. If you cook brown eggs and cook white eggs next to each other, they look different. Is it enough to notice, though? Yes. Okay, fine. But there is a shot. I want to make that clear. You noticed Especially the, in 1999. You noticed the dairy freeze on the cups. I noticed it, you just see um, Tommy's plate in passing, kind of, that has an egg on it. I just know a lot about eggs. Also, turkey bacon's pretty solid. I love turkey bacon. All right, never mind. I hate turkey bacon. Whoa, I was just going to compliment you saying I'm glad we have an egg expert on the podcast as I'm the percussion expert. <laughs> um, also, I want to point out here with my great film analysis skills. Um, Twister makes Michael sit down next to him almost aggressively <laughs> as he walks down to the table because Michael was about to sit in Tommy's dad's seat. Oh, didn't notice that. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Shout out 12th grade English, where she just made us watch films for the last half of the year. Granted, I didn't go to half of that <laughs> half of the year, but, you know. You watch the movies. I watch the movies. Uh, so at um, breakfast, they have a conversation about what Michael is going to do on his first day. And Tommy's like, Michael probably should be on the back of a horse all day on his first day. So we're going to have him move a bunch of manure instead because every farm movie has at least one mention of manure. And we do see this later. Every farm movie has at least one person falling into said manure. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's classic. What's funnier than poop? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I was I was about to act like we're above poop jokes on this podcast, but we called we called Michael a poopy head earlier. Yeah, we just said poop several times on this week's episode. <laughs> oh man, we offer high cutting uh, entertainment here on the pod. Oh yeah. Um. So we get a montage of Michael moving this pile of maneuver. At the end, he falls into the pile. And then Tommy and the farm bros, a.k.a. Twister and Mule, uh, tell him that he should have used the tractor that was near him instead. I have an issue with this because nobody was helping uh, Michael with this. You're not going to let a newbie use a tractor. Um, and There's a lot of problems here. Like, there's this weird... It almost feels like they brought him to the farm just to bully him. Yeah, and he deserved a little bit of it, but not oh, as much as he gets I here. think he deserves most of it. But also, <laughs> like... But also, like, he, like, why wouldn't you tell him about the tractor? Why wouldn't you teach him how to use the tractor? Why do you want him doing more work here? Because it seems like he's inept at anything he does. <laughs> so why continue having him try to do things? Yeah, I feel like he's trying to learn the lesson here of, like, you got to do work and stuff. But even if you make him ride, do the tractor, he's still got other work to do. It's not like he's not doing work and not learning that lesson. Right. No, no, it's just, like, it's confusing how it's just, like, like, you still wanna, like, you're still gonna lose this farm. <laughs> like, you still wanna be producing fast and doing stuff quickly, and, like, they, there's this weird, like, ah, let him do stuff. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, alright, just follow and don't touch anything. We got yeah. it. You're either gonna hurt somebody or hurt yourself. And hopefully yourself. Because that'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, in the next scene, Tommy and his mom are sitting on the porch and they have a conversation where you did spoil this in your like last little talk that they are in four weeks the farm is going up for auction because they do not have enough money uh even if they have a really good year on the farm uh during this conversation michael comes out well the big thing here is aunt jules says let's keep this to ourselves but michael comes out here tommy's like i don't care about you i'm gonna hit the sack why did he put the shirt that he was wearing back on when he fell into the manure. Because it was clean now. <laughs> also, it's probably an expensive shirt. Um, I like that they're sitting here and they go, uh, and he goes, whoa, what are you guys looking at? And they go, God's painting. And then he's like, oh, what do you mean? And then they go, and they point at the sunset. <laughs> and it's just a weird way to describe a sunset when theoretically you can call anything God's painting. <laughs> you're, you're right. Yeah, I don't I don't know anybody would call a sunset like God's painting. You'd be like, yo, look at that beautiful sunset. But still, you bring up a good point. <laughs> right. Um, so Tommy said he's going to bed, and then Michael and Aunt Jules here have a conversation because Michael sees the treehouse that's still in progress, and we learn that Tommy and his dad were working on this treehouse. So Aunt Jules start talking starts talking about her relationship with Tommy's dad, Uncle John, and then she talks about the ranch a little bit, but while Aunt Jules is talking here, Michael just falls asleep because he stayed up late the last night. Do you think Aunt Jules just secretly wants to leave? The farm? Yeah. I got that vibe a lot from it because she does it under this like idea of, I want to earn this money myself. I don't want any hands out, handouts. But every time she says it, it's like, we've done all we can. It is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, no, I don't want help. I would rather just crash and burn on this whole thing. <laughs> I just and don't go, think she And was... go live with Uncle Hank. I'm just saying, what if there's something going on with between Aunt Jules and Uncle Hank? 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Aunt Jules is a wonderful person. She is. I think she just is sick and tired of working on a farm. She's like, I've had enough of this. Also, um, I feel like you could have swapped. You could have made Aunt Jules play Michael's mom also, and I would not have ever told you that there was a difference. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I would have not noticed. And you know me. So if you haven't noticed either, that's saying something. Uh, so we go the next day, and Tommy and Michael are working together on the farm. They're at some horses, and Tommy chooses a horse named Slingshot for Michael. But Michael's like, that horse has one foot in the glue factory. So Michael decides to choose another horse, which is a little, like, it's prettier. Uh, so he gets on the horse, and of, of course, it throws him around, and he gets thrown into this bull's pen that was brought up earlier. It wasn't important then. Have you ever ridden a horse? Um, maybe. Elaborate. Maybe a long time ago. Like, but it was probably a pony. So you rode a pony? I think so. Have you? Uh, once. At a camp that I went to for a week. Was it a horse riding camp? Are you secretly a horse girl? No. It, <laughs> it was definitely, it was definitely cool. But also, like, riding horses always looks cool. But then you just think about, like, Michelle and the series finale of Full House. And then you're like, hmm, maybe not. Horses are scary animals when you really yeah. think about it. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're big and they're strong. <laughs> but <laughs> And sometimes they get scared and throw you off and then you're, ha then you have amnesia and you can't remember your family. <laughs> and then the TV show ends. <laughs> but goddamn are those um, hoof cleaning videos on TikToks so nice. All right, you freak. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you look them up, it's not a freaky thing. I'm telling you, there's a whole community of hoof cleaners on TikTok. Don't, don't, I, there's a lot of weird things that you can call me out for. This is not one of them. That's fair. I'll, I'll reserve calling you out for being a, for being a freak or something else. You'll find something else by the end of this episode, probably. Um, so after that horse situation, um, well, he gets out of the bullpen, of course, and then, in the next scene, we see everybody, including uh, Michael and Max the dog, they're herding some cattle. And then they just straight up brand them. I mean, that and was Michael the plan. That was the plan. <laughs> I know it was the plan, but I didn't think we'd see it. I just can't honestly describe any of these farming scenes to you. I'm just like, all right, everybody's kind of just running around on horses. I mean, I feel like this movie does a pretty good job of, like, farm life, I feel. I think it does. That doesn't mean I understand it anymore. <laughs> I didn't say you did. It just looked pretty. That's true. It's a very pretty movie. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say top, one of the top cinema, nope, <laughs> one of the top cinematographies. Cinematographies. Cinematographies of decoms. Cinematography. Nope, cinematographies. It's no just further such a questions. sweet movie. Got one of those good old Western feels, you know? It makes you want to say yeehaw. I, I don't think I had that feeling, but I understand if you did. Because <laughs> granted, you it didn't make you put on a cowboy hat. You know it, Chief. So in the next scene, they're eating dinner outside or whatever, and Michael is feeling the effects of riding a horse all day. And then he is told by Twister that he will be the first on Wolf Watch of the night. Now, I want to bring up here... You've had experience with wolves near your house. What would wolf watch consist of? Well, um, for me personally, wolf watch is when you take your dog out to go to the bathroom at night and it's dark. So you also bring a baseball bat or a golf club just in case. Do you think you could take one if it like actually came out like a wolf came out? If it started charging, I'm swinging. 
Now you're swinging. <laughs> and we're booking it. <laughs> but do you think, like, even after hitting it and starting to skedaddle away, do you think you could take the wolf? No, I'm not going to try and take the wolf. I'm going to run, but the hit in, the hit tries to knock it off because if it's already charging at me, <laughs> it's going to get the first hit, so i got to get that first hit in. Yeah, okay. I think a better way to phrase it, do you think you could escape? Because I don't think that hit's taking that wolf out. I think it's just, like, staggering it for a second, and then it's running fast again. Well, one, I'd say you've never seen me play baseball. <laughs> Two, I'd say you've never seen me run either. So what you're saying is you hit straight-up dingers. I hit straight-up dingers, and I have blazing speed, <laughs> just like these horses. <laughs> what I don't get is why wouldn't the horse just go for the house if it knows that everyone is watching out for the cows? Like, just rob the house. I mean... Isn't that the plot of, uh, I was gonna say Three Blind Mice, um, Little Red Riding Hood? Um, well, I guess so. Or Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Is that the plot of that one, I think? What a movie. I love that one. Can we we review that one? Yeah, we could watch that one. Thank goodness. Add that to the list. (laughs) We need to compile a list of all the times we've said we're gonna watch a movie after these decons. We said we were gonna compile a list the last time we brought this up, and we still haven't. All right. Ethan, compile the list. Fine, I'll get on it. Wink, wink. Uh, my question here is, why, uh, once again, why do you send the, like, I know we're bullying Michael and everything, but why are we sending him on Wolf Watch by himself? Well, I guess the question is, like, how many Wolf Watches, are, are there five Wolf Watches, you know? Because if he's out there for a couple hours, let's say Wolf Watch starts at, what, nine? Well, they were eating dinner, so I think we can go, like, seven, maybe. Oh, seven, we're saying. I but think so. Were they eating dinner while he was on Wolf Watch? Yes, right? I don't know. I don't know the logistics. It doesn't matter. Well, okay, so I think, I feel like you gotta send him out. And I feel like first slot is probably best slot because you're not gonna wake him up. Getting him up is gonna be the tough part. Yeah, they also said that if we give him the earlier shift, he probably won't fall asleep. That too. But still, you should probably send somebody else out just in case well then that person's being denied sleep for when they eventually have to go solo on the wolf watch uh i guess you're right but still michael's proven to be a little bit of a liability i feel big time liability don't bring him to the wolf watch that's (laughs) the best option yeah i think that's that's smart that's smart um so michael goes to wolf watch he calls up gina here and during the wolf watch michael is enamored by all the stars in the sky and he even sees a shooting star here. But shooting Gina's stars like, are cool. Shooting stars are cool. Also, coming from an, like a highly populated area to like out in, I'm going to say nature as a whole, mm-hmm. and just being able to actually see stars, amazing. Yeah, you're telling me. And Gina is absolutely terrible here. She's like, I don't care about your stupid stars. Let's go on vacation. I don't know how she's get. I don't know how he's getting a signal. You you do bring up a good point. <laughs> Not only does he get a signal, he's going to get perfect signal in a few seconds when he tries to make another call. Yeah, like on the run, he gets good service too. Right. Wild. Um, but since he sees all these stars, Gina thinks Michael is ignoring her here. She hangs up but calls again. But the second time she calls, the ringer scares the cattle and they all run away in a stampede. He calls 911 and whatever. But at the end, when the family comes out and finds Michael, they see his crushed phone here, and they're very disappointed in him. Yeah, that, it just never made sense. Like, they, like no one said anything was the worst part. Is they just held the phone, and, like, every single character 
admired the phone, and then they eventually just tossed it back on the ground and all left. And it was like, what? Yeah, there was like no urgency to get the cattle back. Right. Also, tell him that apparently, one, apparently he has phone service, so you need to tell him that he shouldn't be making any calls or else he'll scare the cattle. No one told Michael that if there is a noise, it will scare the cattle. I think they said noise, but I don't think his mind, or my mind at least, would cross, oh, a phone's going to ring and it's going to scare them. Right, you would think wolves. That's what they're looking out for. <laughs> the, the main thing of a wolf watch is to watch out for wolves, not watch out for phone calls. You bring up some good points. Uh, so the next day, Tommy and Michael are working together again, where we learn that the cattle broke through the fences, but ultimately, I think they were rounded up, whatever. Um, then Michael is told to load some poles into a truck because uh, to fix the fence. He starts loading him into this truck. Tommy's gone at this point. But then Mule comes over and tells him that that truck that he's loading the poles into hasn't worked in 15 years. Michael's then actually shown the real truck, goes and finds Tommy, and then he gets angry at him because Tommy knew that he would put the poles in the wrong truck. So Michael says that, uh, uh, Michael says here that they're more than even because of the whole bullying him in Beverly Hills kind of thing. Uh, and Tommy says that he can't believe he used to wish Michael was his brother and that there is nothing about him to respect. And then Michael says that he's done and for Tommy to leave him alone for good. This part's got a lot of time to mess around. And I don't really understand. Um, like, they've got no sense of urgency if it means bullying Michael. Which, like we said, we can know. Yeah, of course. But you do have a point. Because it's like, yeah, bullying him, he may not be the, mo- the best worker or the most enthusiastic worker. But he can do stuff. He's strong. Like you see, he takes off his, like, flannel later. He's buff. He's jacked. He can do stuff. He he can do stuff, and it's just like, I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) Maybe a little bit of urgency is fine, along with the bullying. A tiny bit. Yeah. Um, So after uh, Michael runs off, Twister then finds Michael dozing off on the truck. And then here, Twister starts ripping into him about being lazy and having everything handed to him. And then Twister here brings up the fact that the family is losing the ranch, which Michael didn't know before. And then when Michael asks why uh, the family didn't tell him, Twister says it's probably because they thought he wouldn't care. Truth hurts. Yeah, Twister was just speaking pure truth here. It's the magic of Twister. (laughs) He had a majestic mustache, too. I'm going to give him that. I'm jealous. Good mustache. Uh, kind of like the uh, the dad in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yes, just more gray. Yeah. Um. So after that, we then go inside and we see au- the auctioneer looking at some of the stuff on the house, and then we see that armoire that was kind of brought up a little bit earlier. Um, it was the wedding gift to Aunt Jules and Uncle John, and when Aunt Jules is asked the price. Or she's asked first if she wants to put it up for auction. She says, yes, Tommy's surprised about this. And then Michael comes in after the auctioneers leave. Hold and on. He asks, oh, sorry. All right. Let's talk about this. Well, it's not the auctioneer. It's Mr. Hawthorne, Hawthorne the manager of the bank. And he's... He yeah, he's that guy. Oh, okay. I think. If Regardless, we're doing this now. Fine. He's played by Holmes Osborne, the dad from That Thing You Do. You would like that thing you do. I think you should watch. If if you watch anything that I'm like, that I bring up, I think that thing you do is the best one you could watch. That's the best thing I could do? It's got Tom Hanks. Love Tom Hanks. And the dad from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. The, the first version, right? Not the second one, right? There's a second version? 
Yeah, they replaced the cast. Remember that whole uproar about the new Roderick? They changed the rest of the cast, too. No, I watched I watched Dire Hero Wimpy Kid for the first time, like, this summer. During the dog days of summer? Yes. But... They're good movies. That thing you do is a great movie. I'm glad you agree. Um, <laughs> Probably not as good as Diary would be given, whatever. Depends on who you ask. Anyway, Miracle in Lane 2. He's in that one? Were you didn't see him clarify there. Well, you didn't let me. Uh, I, was, I did. I, <laughs> I was building up to it. That's the thing we need for suspense for in this podcast. Well, do you have anything more suspenseful? Not really. We'll see him again in Miracle Thanks. in Lane 2. And not in Diary would be given. No, he's in that thing you do. With the diary. Okay, whatever. Um, so Michael comes into the house after the auctioneers leave here. And Aunt Jules, uh, he asks who the people were. And Aunt Jules is like, they're just some people. And her and Tommy just leave out of the room basically crying. Um, we then go to nighttime where he's sitting, Michael's sitting at his bed. He sees a picture of Uncle John with Tommy, I think. And this inspires him to go out and practice riding a horse and this wakes Tommy up because horses are loud of course they're powerful animals we've been over this and Tommy sees us from the window um the next day we see Michael complete the fence that apparently he knows how to completely build here um he knows what tools to use and everything um and then he goes to sit with Tommy who's just well, kind of well I think he's told how to do it by Twister oh that didn't cross my mind well when he drove the wood over to the fence anyway oh <laughs> Well, the only thing I had about the fence building, I was looking through what, uh, uh, what, what, which brother is this? Joey. Joey. I looked like through what he did and everything. I learned he was on Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, he, he came was. in. Not- I completely forgot that Joey Lawrence is on Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. No, he. I don't think he was good, but I also don't think he knew what was going on. Well, I was about to say. He came in ninth place, and this is the scene where he took off the flannel, and you can see how jacked he is, and I just wrote, uh, should have used that to his advantage when he came in ninth place, but... No, not... I don't think Celebrity Big Brother was especially a uh, very um, physical season in Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's important to bring up. I completely forgot he was on that, but yeah. I got you. I got something you either didn't know or forgot about. That's my forgot. one. It was forgot. I watched. Was that the same one with uh, James from Big Time Rush? I don't think so. He did good. He did good. And he, he was used his, very entertaining. He used his muscles to his advantage. I don't. Anyway. <laughs> we're not a Celebrity Big Brother podcast. We're not. We're not. Um, so Michael builds the fence and then he sits next to Tommy on this bench that Tommy and his dad built. Uh, they talk about Tommy and his dad. Uh, there's some horses off in the distance, and they talk about how his dad and t- himself named all the horses. They go through all the names and how great it is for horses to be free because we're, 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 we, we love horses here. Um, they, then they talk about the ranch situation and why uh, Michael wasn't told about it. Tommy then asks Michael why he cares about the situation because he's just going to leave and go on vacation with Gina. And Tommy leaves here. You know how difficult it is to find out about jokes to make for this movie? I don't I don't have a joke to say here. I don't have anything for a lot <laughs> of this. It's like it's just like a movie, you know? <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't feel like a decom, to be quite honest with you. The only thing that makes it feel like a decom is Andrew Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. But that's it. Right. Like they're just it's a very it's different from uh, from genius and 
you like a dog in the realm of like people that are in this movie are in the decom universe <laughs> but it's still like so far off like 10 more 10 million more dollars into this movie this is a real like put this in the theater you know yeah uh the note i had about the scene is so when they go through the horse's names uh tommy says that one of the horses is named uh, the dad named it Jules after Aunt Jules, of course. And we learned that Jules, the horse, is the first girlfriend to the king horse or whatever. But they also bring up the second girlfriend that isn't Jules. And I thought that was real weird to name a horse after your wife and that other horse has a second girlfriend. Isn't that one Jules too? I don't think, no, it was not Jules too. It was a completely different name. Um, that's what I'm saying. Is that what you want them to do? I want the horses not to have a second girlfriend. <laughs> well, they can't control the the romantic structure of the wild horse crowd. I guess you have a point there. Thank you. Let's let's move on. Uh, later that day, Michael calls his dad, who the dad says he already knew about the ranch situation, how they're losing the ranch. And he offered to help Aunt Jules here. But Aunt Jules, as she puts it, didn't want the money she didn't want a handout but we know the truth um michael then says that he's gonna find a way to save the ranch here this scene is funny because there's a popcorn machine behind him the whole time throughout this scene is it popping no the popcorn just sits there in that machine it's kind of depressing it does seem sad um so the next day michael tries to convince twister to join the pyramid scheme and twister knows this is a scam and he says that uh, Campbell, cowboys aren't really gamblers. Gamble. That's gamboys. But uh, despite uh, Twister lying about camp, nope, I almost said it again. Despite Twister <laughs> lying about cowboys and their gambling habits to protect himself, um, Michael, then w- <laughs> Mike, Michael then wonders about pride of cowboys and everything because he's like, why won't Aunt Jules take the money? And then Twister tells him another lesson about hard work. You know the vibe. Um, later that day, Jules invites Michael to go to a dinner at somebody else's place, I guess. Uncle but, Hanks. Oh, uh, that one? Yeah. Uncle Hanks' oh. trailer. They're getting acquainted, I guess? They know each other. I've been pushing this narrative all podcast. They're very familiar. You can go with that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about it. Um just calling them out. <laughs> Uh, Michael here says that he's going to keep working, though. And then Jules here sees Tommy trying to finish the treehouse that he and his dad were building before they're kicked off the farm. But then her and Tommy go off to dinner. So Michael's here left all alone on this ranch, and he decides that he's going to finish the treehouse here. Um, I was going to write a note. I didn't get to write it in time. I was going to be like, hey, I know Michael means all well and good here that he's trying to finish his treehouse. But isn't this more of a Tommy and his dad kind of project? And before I could finish that note, Tommy comes back and he is distraught about Michael finishing this treehouse and uh, emotionally kicks one of the railings that weakly, and it breaks it apparently. Well, the concept of the treehouse is interesting because he's got no problem hanging around the treehouse. And even on occasion, he'll build upon it. But it's not gonna be finished and it's not gonna be finished by the time they're evicted and it certainly won't be finished by anyone other than him according to him you know like it's him and his dad's project and like i understand that he's like oh i need this closure to and you know i need this closure from me and my dad and all that like that part's understandable but then like 
the mom is like, oh, he's been rushing to get the treehouse done before we leave. And it's like, oh, but look how, like, look how effective Michael is in less than a day at building. And Tommy is apparently really invested in getting it done, but he's done nothing to it. So I think Michael hears that, like, oh, he really wants to get it done. And he's like, I'll help. You know, it's, it's just weird. It's like, like a, it, it is a Tommy and his dad thing. Michael and his... Tommy? Michael. My, Michael. Tommy and Uncle John. Tommy and Uncle John. Tommy and his dad. That's Uncle John. Oh, okay. Tommy uh, and his dad's thing. So, but it's just weird, like, if he's in such a rush to get it done, if he's finally at the point where he's like, all right, I'm ready to get it done and I want it done, he could have had it done. Uh, you say that, but it seems like they illegally work Tommy extreme hours on this ranch where he doesn't get any time to himself. Uh, I think he could have gotten it done. Michael has time to himself right now. You kind of slide it into the, uh, we're gonna bully Michael here. I'm gonna build a treehouse and I guess I get back to work. Right. So, like, I definitely understand the Michael point of view of being like, oh, he wants it done. Let me help him. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel like Michael isn't really in the wrong here. It's a mistake, but he's not in the wrong. No. With the with the vibes he was provided. Also, Tommy's absolutely got to chill when he's <laughs> launching parts of the treehouse off of the tree. Yeah, yeah. Take a chill, though, man. Uh, also, there's no apology. Nothing nothing happens out, comes out of this. Well, Michael apologizes to the mom, and he just kind of leaves. Well, he's like, Tommy, I'm sorry. And then he's like, I hate you. <laughs> but, like, there's nothing real. Like, there's no emotional scene between the two of them after. It's very convenient. There's not. It comes into play later, though, so you get a little something. Uh, so after that uh, emotional breakdown, um, Michael calls Gina and tells her about the entire ranch situation, but Gina wants to talk about less depressing stuff, as she puts it. And I thought this was funny because when she talks about it, she's like, oh, uh, my friend wants to go hang out with Leonardo DiCaprio. He's so five minutes ago. No, well, her, all right, her friend is dating Leonardo DiCaprio. Whatever, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The point this, I'm trying to make here is the people in the movie thought Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be a five-minute flash in the pan, but he's still vibing today. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio at 99, in 1999 was a flash in the pan. Well, Gina says he's so five minutes ago. Right, because Gina stuck up, which also begs the question is, how have she, how has she not broken up? <laughs> With Michael. There's so many better choices. Just the fact that he's been gone for almost a month. Like, why would he not, why would she not have broken up with him? Yeah, I don't think she's staying with uh, Michael for his wonderful personality. Right. Um, and also, she's richer than him. We don't know that. I think so. All right. Well, don't be so mean to Glenn. Who's Glenn? His dad. I don't care. Um... <laughs> She says that Rachel's going out with Leonardo DiCaprio, which means we know she can't be younger. We can't. She can't be older than twenty-five. <laughs> but also would mean that this is conflicting with his relationship with Giselle, and there's no way that's gonna fly. So you think the real you talking about relationship drama before with Aunt Jules and uh, the the other uncle? Uh -huh. When the when the real relationship drama is between. Leonardo, Giselle, and Gina's friend. Right, Rachel. So I just I don't I don't know anything about Rachel, but I feel like Leo's picking Giselle. Sorry, Rachel. Uh, so after that phone call, we go the next day. Michael's working, and then Tommy on his horse rides over. He's looking for one of the farm bros, 
and he's like, yo, one of the horses named Tommy Boy, the one he was named after, of course, uh, he's gonna die. He was not named after Tommy Boy, and Tommy Boy was named <laughs> after him. <laughs> you don't know that. You All can't right. prove that. Understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> uh, but he basically goes, yeah, Tommy Boy's gonna just die. Um, so they both ride over, but since Tommy can't find one of the farm bros, he's like, come on, Michael, we're gonna go save Tommy Boy. They ride over to this horse, um, I don't know if I don't understand farms here or horses or whatever. I'm going to say this horse is in maybe a couple inches of mud. Um, and it's pretty calm when they arrive, even though Tommy's likes to point out that wild horses get stressed pretty All right. easily. All right. It's definitely not a couple inches of mud. <laughs> well, like the, like the horse is stuck in the mud, but they're making it seem like... This is a couple like, inches of mud. <laughs> that? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the, the listeners can see that. I, no, well, I'm, I'm talking to you and your dumb face. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's uncomfortable. I'm talking no, okay. to you. It was a several feet of mud. Yeah, but okay, fine. Maybe my issue with this is Tommy's like, yo, this horse is going to die, but the horse was just stuck. And the horse is not going to die because it's stuck. The horse is going to die because of its panicking. But it wasn't panicking. But it was. When, you, when they arrived, the horse is just kind of like sitting in the mud. What do you it, want out of this movie, man? It is a decom. More realistic horse acting. Life. You want a horse <laughs> to act better is your complaint right now. Yeah, we had that dog and you lucky dog. We can't have horses act well? I think that's not too much to ask for. Oh, man. Whatever. Whatever. Um, the, the key part of this is Tommy and Michael work together. They get the horse out. Michael calms the horse down after it. Tommy boy saves after the bros same time nope sorry so after <laughs> i'm good i'm good so so after michael and tommy save tommy boy uh they both go back to the house where jules is out there and it's like whoa you guys are dirty but michael you have a flight to catch we're leaving in five minutes go take a shower so michael and tommy say their goodbyes michael is driven to the airport by jules but as he is being driven to the airport Tommy chases chases them down on horse to give Michael the whistle from the beginning of the movie. And he he remembers the whistle also. Yeah, like, Michael, I'm not going to say he's completely redeemed, but it shows he's not completely terrible person. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's pretty close to redeemed. He's definitely more than halfway through the redemption arc, and he's yeah. going to probably get the rest of it pretty soon hereafter. But, like, the cool part is he remembers the whistle from the family reunion that he said he hated hanging out with Tommy at. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it's, it's cool, like, oh, Michael wasn't a terrible person even before he went through this mm -hmm. uh, whole thing. Yeah. Um, so after that, we then see Michael back at the horse races with Gina and her father. Uh, this time, though, he's not as excited about being there because... He loves wild horses now and horses being free. Um, but after this, Gina and her dad go down to celebrate with the winner. That they um, picked also, also uh, only losers throw the betting slips up in the air. Did the win did the dad throw we, it? Winners wouldn't do that. Well, they definitely the slow motion shot on Michael's face while betting slips fly by him. And the only one close to him is the dad and he wouldn't throw winning betting slips. Sorry, I was distracted by the cuts to the majestic wild horses roaming free. Is that true? Did that happen during the scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It, 
it flashed between the race, Michael's face, the dad and Gina, and just wild horses on a pasture. So you see what we, what two different people see from that scene. <laughs> this says a lot about society. This is a lot about society. <laughs> uh, so when they go down to celebrate with the winner, the horse that the uh, jockey is on starts to freak out. He throws the, uh, the jockey off. But however, Michael, who is now a changed man, calms down the horse by just going, whoa, 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 calm down, buddy, a bunch of times. And the horse calms down. This is probably all you have to do. Yeah, no, I, when I wrote this note, I'm like, I know there's probably not better ways to calm a horse down because they obviously can beat you up. And that's probably the best. Be like, pet the horse, be like, yo, calm down. I know you can't really understand me, but it makes me feel better about the situation. Yeah, it's just like the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael's, Michael's a cool guy. Yeah, I like Michael now. I liked him before he went to the farm. Oh, no. Once yeah. he went to the farm, something about him. He just got soft. <laughs> Friendship ended with Beverly Hills. Now Montana is my best friend. <laughs> Do you think they know Hannah Montana? The crossover everybody has been waiting for. <laughs> Screw the underwraps reunion. Now we're talking about a crossover between Horse Sense and Hannah Montana. Thank God, honestly. I mean, it's really going to revive the whole Horse Sense franchise. <laughs> it's what it deserves. It's what we deserve. We as a podcast and we as a society de- deserve this crossover. And the uh, revived the Horse Sense franchise. We deserve that, but you know what we deserve even more? What? It's to finish this podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so he calms down the horse. This surprises Gina. Unimportant, whatever. Uh, we go back to Michael's house, and Arlene tells him that Gina is here to pick him up for the vacation. But as uh, Michael walks out of the house, he tells Gina that he's not going. Uh, he then sells his car, which I think is a different car from the one he was driving earlier in the movie. Uh, I think the original one was orange. This one was a red. Oh. I'll double-check this when I go to double-check the kitties or anything. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think it's a different one, but I didn't bother. I was right again. Uh, he then decides to also dig into his trust fund. Um, I think it's the red one. Just FYI. To put, my, <laughs> to put my guess into the pool, I'm pretty sure it's the same car. It probably is. Whatever. Uh, maybe I'm colorblind. Who knows? Um, I know Michael's coming from a good place here, like digging into his trust fund to save the ranch and everything. But as we see, uh, when he tries to give the money to Jules and she doesn't accept it, there's a lot of penalties that come like financially when you dig into that trust fund as the banker states it. Probably should have talked with Jules before he started pulling money out of his trust fund. Right, but he, he's got to go more of like a, an approach. Like the dad was like, oh, we can give you money. If you caught her up and go, and when we can give her give you money, if he just showed up there and handed her money, you know it's a new approach. It is, yeah. So it doesn't work, but I see your point. But real quick, we have to talk about this insurance guy. Oh, it's a different guy than this is the a, banker. It's oh, a that's... different state. Yeah, <laughs> they all look the same. They're generic <laughs> white businessmen. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna take that as you do not recognize him. Nope. You don't recognize him from Under Wraps or Brink. <laughs> Why is everything under wraps in this? <laughs> this is, I think, maybe the fourth time we brought up under wraps in this podcast. Hey, keep it under wraps. You don't want people to find out. What is he playing under wraps? 
He is the dad in the movie at the start of the movie. This You made a big deal of this in our first episode. Right, because he's going to be in three more DCOMs after today. Thanks We're for halfway that, through the Tom Virtue experience, baby. We still got Miracle on Lane 2. We still got the Even Stevens, Even Stevens movie, and we still got Read It and we Let's Get. Let's get through this experience. Uh... <laughs> So after he digs into his trust fund, we go back to Jules and Tommy who are packing in Montana and Michael returns here and he tries to give Jules a large check, but although appreciative, she doesn't accept it because she hates the farm, as we've discussed. Uh, at the auction the next day, Michael is helping Tommy here bring out a trunk of old school stuff and they're talking about school and Tommy asks, Michael says, oh, I got a D in one of my classes, you know, it's about real estate. Uh, development and there's things about land trusts and he's like wait a second I can save the day here so he immediately calls home to his dad and he's like dad go get that essay that I got a D on that probably doesn't have the information I need it's so funny it that it's so funny that this guy has kept a D essay <laughs> but it's even yeah. funnier that he's like he's like I can save the day I do not remember how I can <laughs> save the day but I know I might have written it down. My, yeah, my best, my favorite part about that is like, yeah, I got a D on the essay, but it also has the information I can use to save an entire farm. <laughs> I got a D on the essay, but it's pretty helpful. It's a good essay. You just didn't like me. It was a D for, for delightful writing. Delightful reading. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so he calls home and gets the dad to read the essay back to him. Uh, Michael then comes back outside and he tries to get his truck out so he can drive to a place, but he's blocked in by the other people at the auction. So he decides to ride a horse straight into town because it's Montana. You can do whatever the hell you want. It's such a uh, baller move. It honestly is. It's so cool. He jumps off the horse as soon as he parks it. And my favorite part of this, oh. Is it I the guess green screen? <laughs> no, it's not the green screen. I have a legal question here. He gets okay. off the horse. He basically parks it at a meter. He puts a quarter in the meter. Yeah. You legally have to pay for your horse to park. I would think you do. I mean, the horse doesn't have a ticket when he comes back out, so. Because she pays. He pays, yeah. No, I think you're right. Okay. Right. <laughs> also, massive green screen. <laughs> when was this? When he's putting the quarter in. I didn't notice it. It's noticeable because, one, I mean, you can't have a horse in a town. <laughs> It's, just, it's much easier to do a green screen than to file and get some licenses. Fine. They had a 25 cents to pay for horse parking, but they didn't have enough to bring a horse into town. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he goes into the bank, and he tells the bank dude here that uh, there's also 18 other ranches that have been foreclosed. And since none of them are being sold, because there's this big overarching theme of it's a bad time to be a rancher here. Uh, he said, uh, Michael says that it'd be better for both the bottom lines of the bank and Tommy's family that they do a land trust. And we'll explain that a little bit later because it's confusing here. Uh, the bank man's like, yeah, I guess I'll think about it, whatever. And then he hustles back to the auction at the ranch. Uh, when we return to the ranch, the armoire, the family armoire is being auctioned and Jules says like, I can't stay and watch this. But Michael jumps up, stops the auction, Everybody just accepts that the auction is over here. Uh, and Jules like, what are, what are you doing? We lost the farm. And Michael's like, yo, I got a 30-day extension from the banker because the wild horses on the property are to be protected. 
and if everything is protected, if everything is accepted at the bank, which it should be, the debts would be forgiven. You would lose the farm, but they make you, they keep you here to take care of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, good for Michael. Good for Michael. Clutch, clutch finish from Michael. Yeah, and apparently he's learned a lot in school. That's, that's good for him. Yeah. I don't he think convinced- he's going to school anymore. I think he's also going to be dropping out and becoming a farmer. <laughs> yeah, he convinced an entire bank to be like, yo, don't do this. Don't close down this farm. And the banker went, yeah, sure, why not? Impressive stuff. Surely. Uh, after that, they all celebrate. Michael asks if he can stay on the farm longer to see the land trust through. And then Tommy's like, yo, would you like to build a treehouse with me? <laughs> so Michael agrees, and they work on the treehouse as the movie ends. All right. Let's rank this movie. Let's rank them. Um, I do want to say before we start, after... I calmed down from my uh, my anger rage last episode. I did move Don't Look Under the Bed on my list. Um, I moved it down to number four. Yeah, just thought I'd state that. Good. Uh, I'm happy to hear. I did, I, did some, I did some deep thinking after watching Horse Sense about my ranking. I'm kind of up in the air about my ranking here, I'll be honest. I don't think I'm up in the air here, but I'm interested to see where it falls for you, so I think you should start, because I started last week as well. Um... <laughs> I don't, if you have the answer, I, you should start. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? You said last week that we split it. No, I'm, I said last week that I did it last week. I'm bringing up a new reason for you to go instead of me. Fine, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll be the leader here. Uh, <laughs> oh no, he's what? getting mad again. <laughs> fine, okay, let me take a deep breath. Fine. I put Horse Sense at six on my list, which is complete middle ground of the 12 movies we watched. And you inspired me. Last, you said last week that you wrote something down after you watched the movie. Uh-huh. I did so not I, do that this week. <laughs> I, I, I did so I could be more concise and not angry about it. Um, I said we, I, we've reached the point here where most movies have just been pretty decent, except Genius uh, at this point. And there, but there's nothing too special, but there's also been nothing too unwatchable. Uh, Horse Sense, while it does not have much of a decom feeling as other movies we've seen, it has a pretty likable cast of characters and I think everything makes sense in it. Uh, the message of hard work is a nice one, although it's like, and it's not as hidden as in something like Don't Look Under the Bed where it's a little more complicated. It's just like, do hard work. You'll be fine in life. Um, I like the character development of Michael. It's nice. It's heartwarming to see. And Tommy and everybody else on the farm are just likable characters, you know. It's middle of the pack. Okay. Um, I, I have this issue with ranking it for me. Where I'm going to say it's at least top four. Okay, okay. I could see that. I, I think it's the best movie we've watched. It's got a real movie feel. But I don't know if it's the best decom we've watched. I think that's why it fell a little bit for me on my list. Because it, everything in this movie is realistic. Mm-hmm. And although it's like farming is a little out there to an average person, it's not compared to something realistic like Brink where it's inline skating competitions it's something like that yeah so i think it it's gonna and i came into this episode thinking i think it might just fall too but looking at my rankings i don't know if i can i don't know if i can break up johnny tsunami brink and xenon without something that i feel the same way about them those three are right now for me the best decon you know okay and they and they represent it so well but i think horse sense is the best movie and I don't think it's necessarily in that decom feel. You know, Andrew Lawrence is not the main character. I thought he was going to be. 
but he's not. Right. You kind of thought he was going to be two, and and it was like it was like the kid. So it was an older guy. Um, it's it's kind of I can't. I don't think I can split up the top three, which are t- making the best case for best decom with this one. But I think this one is going forth because it's the best movie. And I think it's going to be in its own kind of tier where the top three are the best decoms. This one's just a sol- such a good movie that it's right there. And then the rest, who cares right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, I think four on a list is pretty, it is a respectable place to put it. Cause I thought about moving mine up a little bit too, basically replacing it at number four uh, with don't look under the bed. Mm-hmm. But I think the only thing, at least now, maybe I'll move it again. Cause I'm indecisive. Uh, don't look under the bed. It had that fantasy element. It had the young main characters. It had that more decom feel, but you do make a good point that horse sense was the better movie had still a little bit of decom feel but wasn't a decom, really. Right. It, like I said before, you put 10 more million, 10 million more dollars into this movie and you just put it out into theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of, it's kind of in its own world where like you lucky dog tried to be in, <laughs> but like Horse Sense is kind of its own thing where it's just a good movie and it's, and it would be rough to like it's like it'd be rough to put it below something like Smart House. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So top four, baby. Nice, nice, nice. And I and I stayed calm. And you stayed calm. So just to review, you put your sixth. Yes, which is below Xenon and above Halloween Town. Okay, and then I put mine fourth, which is below Xenon and above Smart House. Nice. And then if we do, I want to slide in my personal list here. Um, I put that fifth, which is below Smart House and above Don't Look Under the Bed, because I did enjoy it more than Don't Look Under the Bed. Right. So nothing too crazy here. Right. We don't like to get too crazy here. You know us. Yeah, we had, we had our one episode where Ethan gets a little little crazy, a little wild, you know. Ethan gets angry. Ethan gets angry. It doesn't happen a lot. I don't, I don't know what got into me. But I, <laughs> I'm working on being a better cowboy now, so I will be kind and rude and tuned, of course. Uh-oh. Read us out. (laughs) So, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get our podcasts through our Anchor FM link in the description of this podcast. Make sure you follow us on whichever podcast podcast site you prefer in order to never miss an episode. And make sure you rate us five stars, no matter how you feel about us. We love to hear it. You can also follow us on Twitter at UnofficialDCOM for podcast updates and more. And you can email us at UnofficialDCOM at gmail.com if you have any questions you want answered thoughts about decoms or you just want to hit us up there's new episodes every thursday and next week join us when we talk about up up and away up the pixar up, movie up up and away is this a sequel to up it is years before up i'm really hoping that we can just watch up instead no i actually really like this one I've never heard of it i've never seen it i don't know if i will really like if i'll still like this one i know <laughs> I remember liking this one a lot when it came, when I watched it a lot as a child. Okay, okay. It's good to see how, how it'll hold up. I don't like how there's slight expectations for this movie now. Because I think I went into the past couple with absolute negative expectations. I don't know if I'm saying you should have good expectations here. I'm saying me as a child enjoying this movie. <laughs> That's enough expectations for me, man. All right, well, it's about superheroes, so. Ooh. Ethan, child brain, like superhero. (laughs) 
Well, why don't you use Ethan's adult brain to finish the outro? Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeehaw, everybody. Yeehaw.